Awesome. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, connect with me on all social media platforms. You connect me right now on IG at CVMK33. But as always, you want to keep seeing amazing content, subscribe to the banner below, YouTube, CV Space K. And if you like what you see, let me know. You can do that a plethora of ways. One is to support a brother. I put all my stuff up there. I appreciate who you are and what you do. We have a great episode really focusing on women in leadership. And I think this is absolutely pivotal. Uh, I think this is an amazing time. And I'm actually going to allow my guests to introduce themselves, starting with Anemica. Yeah. Hi. Um, what's up, everyone? Shinjini just joined. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so I am a spoken word artist. I have my own podcast about spoken word poetry. I'm a PhD student and I'm an angel investor for women-owned businesses, small-scale businesses. I'm currently living in Mumbai, India. Awesome. Awesome. Danny, you can introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Danielle Mago. I am an author of Female Minority Report and owner of Sisters Talk LLC. You probably see me on the Sisters Talk podcast. And, you know, I'm just an advocate for doing what's right. Love it. I love it. Doing what's right. Shinji, if you can introduce yourself. Yes. And can I just say, Anamika reached out to me last year or late last year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know where I'm going to be in January. But look at this screen. I literally, this is this is melanin and it's rare in the media. And I just want to acknowledge the beauty staring at me right now because it's not something that I see every day. So I just want to say that. Um, but I am the founder and CEO of my own media company. Uh, part of the reason that I started this at 24 and I'm 28 now is that, I mean, it's the same reasons that we've all kind of heard about already, right? Which is that there's no real motivational brand, I would say, for people of color, uh, for minorities, for women. And it just felt really weird to me growing up that the only motivational figures were men and or white. And so then the natural conclusion was, do people of color not need motivation? And then I looked around me and everyone's struggling. So I figured out that there's just a mismatch. And so I'm motivating go-getters. My media company works to create content to motivate go-getters, to make the first move to go get their goals. And we've just had an incredible response among people of color because they've never felt motivated before and they resonate with me, they identify with me. And so it's just been a really beautiful journey. So I'm building my own media platform. I want my own podcast, TV channel, all the things. So it's like owned and operated media. Um, and that's everything that I believe in that we should own what we create. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm a go-getter. You're all go-getters. And I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. We should own what we create. I love it. That's amazing. Jazz, if you can introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Jazz. I'm the creator and host of Black Executive Podcast. So kind of following your Shinji steps where I'm focusing on my own media company. Um, during the day, I work in tech. I am a UX content strategist. Um, so user experience all day, every day. Ask me how to optimize your interface. Um, and I do low content publishing on this side. So I have a little bit of everything going on. That's amazing. That's amazing. LaVon, our returning guest. If you can introduce yourself. 
Yeah, so my name is LaVon Jones. I am an intellectual property attorney with the Creators Law Firm. The Creators Law Firm is well known for providing culturally relevant legal services, and we are an all-women empowered law firm. We specialize in supporting creative entrepreneurs, influencers, small businesses with securing and enforcing intellectual property such as trademarks and copyrights. We also provide contracts drafting, IP licensing, and business transaction negotiations. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. As you can see, everybody on this panel is smarter than me. That's why I reached out to them because I would do a terrible job trying to cover this topic. I want to get into it. I want to read this stat and then I'm going to ask my first question to you, Anemica. Uh, global participa uh, participation rate of women uh, on a large scale level in politics only encompassed 25 percent. So all countries reporting only 25 percent of leadership roles within government actually are composed of women. Uh, the country that actually has the highest significant amount of women in leadership roles is Rwanda. According to 2019, they had the highest percentage uh, of leadership roles for women at a national rate of 61%. When you look at the election of Madam Vice President-elect uh, Kamala Harris, right? Uh, first woman uh, to be vice president, first woman of color, first black woman, first Southeast Asian woman. What does that do? Like, is it is it more than just an inspiration? I mean, what what does that say as as a changing tide? Yeah, I remember I was listening to her speech. At first, I was a little you know conflicted. I had a bit of like, you know, I didn't really know her into politics that much before she came into that whole you know picture of you know running for vice president uh, alongside Biden. I didn't really know much, but I started to I get I got to know her, and I watched a lot of things like she did this episode with Mindy Kaling where she was making dosas and all of that. And I'm like, that is so, I couldn't even, I connected with her on a level. It was a different thing. Like seeing someone like her doing all the things that I would do. I think this is something we've never had before, but in India, the scene is really different. Like we've had prime ministers, women prime ministers, we've had women presidents. So for us, we've had that, but I think in a, um, large scale political scenario in say US, we've never had someone like her. And I remember listening to her speech and she said, I may be the first one, but I'm definitely not going to be the last one. And I think that is the most, that is the motivating, um, you know, part of her. Obviously she's not going to be the last one because there's so many girls who look like her and they want to be in that position. So I think she's just kind of paving the way and it's, absolutely inspiring to see someone like her up there and um yeah it, it's it's inspiring and motivating awesome awesome danny for you is it is it important to see uh, someone that you can connect with somebody that looks like you and shares a similar culture i mean like because you know i think uh sometimes symbolism doesn't always pan out i mean like i voted right i love Kamala layers i voted because because for Biden, because of Kamala Harris, I mean, that's just the God honest truth, right? So, but but how motivating is it? And yet, what's the accountability factor? Here's my take on it. To be perfectly transparent, sure, it means something, right? It means to it means something to have a woman, a female of color, to represent this nation. It does, absolutely does. However, you know that's not just it. You know, I think we kind of we kind of get lost in the idea of. Oh, we have a, a black female vice president, but it's not just about her being 
black? Is it? You know, we have laws that need to be carried out. We have injustices that are still happening since for 400 plus years. You know, you look at James Baldwin, for example, if anybody knows who I'm talking about, this guy stood in an auditorium full of white men. He's a black man. And he's talking about the injustices uh, for black people and people of color. He's talking about police brutality. What did we deal with in 2020? Mm. Right. You know, racial wage gaps, gender wage gaps. And by the end of this conversation, the end of his speech, everyone in the audience gives him a round of applause. Here it is. This black man in the 1950s can gain this much control over the dominant race. And so the reason why I bring this up is because it has to be much more than just having a female of color in a high ranking position. We have to do something. We have to implement real change. It makes me think about when Obama was in office, right? Mm -hmm. First black modern day president, because we all know we had black presidents before George Washington. But in modern day, that was something huge for us. But we still had certain elements missing. And yes, he can't do it all. But I think what we really, truly have to do is start changing our mindsets as a nation and as a global uh, response to what's been happening. Because what I've noticed over the years that I've been on this planet, we keep cycling in the same toxicity amongst cultures, amongst races. And I think it just it comes from a lack of knowledge of understanding each other's culture. So I really like what uh, Anima, how do you say your name? Anamika? Anamika. Is that correct? Okay. I really like what you said when you said you could relate. And so I think that us being more relatable, us actually taking out the time to research each other's cultures, us not placing stigmas and stereotypes before we get to know each other. I think all of those elements and for people in leadership to really implement what I'm saying, I think that's when I can say I'm proud that we have a black female vice president. Awesome. That's awesome. well said. Uh, Shinji, I want to turn that and just kind of evolve it. Uh, relatability, right? If we can kind of get into the understanding of understanding one another's culture, right? And that communication piece, does that make you have faith uh, in the system? Or do you believe, like you said, you had, you started your own uh, 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 media production company, want to own your own network. Uh, so obviously the entrepreneurial spirit, but is that a response because you don't have faith currently? Like, you know, if you were to just somehow uh, be grafted onto CNN, you would kind of get lost in the sauce uh, per se, right? Like where, where's that disconnect between yes, good. Let's now for do this, this way, or just still kind of that entrepreneur um, kind of going outside the lines. Yeah, it's a great question, Cody. And I will say I actually got discovered on Twitter to be, on the news. So literally I've done my rounds of local news. I'm now gearing up hopefully for my national debut. And I think this is the perfect time, right? For us, for us to have a voice and for us to be that voice for girls looking up to us, you know? Um, so I, I really considered that possibility that what if I just went on CNN and I don't know whether that's journalist or anchor. I mean, that, that's a real opportunity, but guess what? As I was behind the scenes on all these different, you know, networks doing, you know, like girls should code, girls should be go-getters. I'm preaching my spiel. Like there's just like people who don't come from our backgrounds. They just don't understand. It's not that they're rude. It's not that anyone I met was 
was rude to me or disrespectful. Again, mostly all white men anchors, you know, white female anchors, not rude, not disrespectful. They just don't really understand. And so when I say stuff like from Anamika is in my background, immigrant background, I mean, girls in India today were murdered today, probably with my name murdered, right? Because no one wants them, right? And so when I explain that I'm coming from that culture and I'm trying to be a go-getter and I'm trying to get people to make the first move, it's a revolution, you know, whereas, the, you know, you know, Cody, Cody on CNN, right, is going to be like, oh, go get her. That's me. But do you see how we're coming from different backgrounds? Like Cody grew up in Wisconsin and was told to be a go getter all his life. In my country today, people were murdered. Girls were murdered. Probably with my name, probably with Anamika's name, to be honest. Right. And so so it's it's just a complete mismatch. And so while I, I heavily flirted with the idea of why don't I just do that? And I'll, you know, full-time influencer. And I, I probably wouldn't even have to start my own media company because I'll be on retainer with CNN and NBC and this. And, but I'm like, this is, I just, there's, they don't understand, you know, and I'm going to be playing up to their agenda and they're not going to get it. And worst, what's been happening our whole life, right? They're going to start owning it. They're going to be like, oh my God, Evelyn and I are go-getters. And I'll be like, Okay, like it's, you know, so the narrative again gets stolen from us, right? Which is why I decided, I'm like, I can't do this. I, I cannot betray my people. Um, and I have an exploding black audience, who I call black go-getters, because we relate. You know, we've been through similar sure. just journeys of, of having things stolen from us. In India, the Taj Mahal, the jewels were stolen by English, right? And so all the time, our stuff is stolen. And that's when I'm like, I can't play into the narrative so my company is for go-getters and, and and frankly go-getters that look more like us than than not you know um so i think with kamala harris i i love what i'm hearing from her in the sense that she understands the struggle she has lived that journey you know as a black and brown woman and so i feel a lot of conviction that you know when things are on the table whereas joe biden might say oh yeah we, we probably should do that she'll say no 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 we got to do that because I have a cousin, I have a brother, I have, you know, just on LinkedIn, a post going viral now is a, a black mom whose son was murdered. So this is personal to, to our communities, you know, and so it's not just something we hear on the news. And so what I'm hopeful for with Kamala Harris, and that's kind of how I've done my life, is that we've lived the experience. And so I hope that she advocates from that perspective, which is why I've loved everything that she said about the stimulus checks. She's like, listen, my people are struggling. They can't eat. They can't do. So I think that's what I'm excited about is that she'll bring in her lived experiences to actually talk the talk and, and get something done, as Danny said. Not just kind of, oh, you know, I'm a woman of color and I've made it. Because also, let's be fair, she's an anomaly. I mean, I could sit here all day and night and say, that's everyone. I'm going to make it. And now because going to make it. But like, there's a reason she's the first. It's that hard, you know. And so I think the most that we can hope for from her is that she uses that lived experience to then, as Danny said, create change, you know, and not just sort of talk the talk and say, wow, I made it. I'm the first. Woo you know, but actually uses that to say my people are struggling. You know, that makes sense. Uh, Jazz, when it comes to um, revol revolutionizing the system, right, um, kind of taking back the narrative, not putting full faith in the current system, because we all know kind of how it ends. Right. <laughs> um, how do you do that? Right. And then and I'm going to hit probably you and then Levon and then Levon again back to you uh, with these two questions. How? Uh, do you do that from your standpoint? Uh, like when we connected, you know, saw the podcast or whatever, obviously that's step one, but how do you change the narrative? Because everybody is going to have a different voice, right? Like I'm from Chicago. Uh, 
my experience is it, it's different, right? It's, it's Chicago's experience, right? So like over the summer, you know, we had our thing too. You know, we had Laquan McDonald uh, the year prior to that, right? But that's a Chicago. That's more of a local thing. How do you change that uh, on on first a very local scale and then a national one? Well, I think it really comes down to sharing those lived experiences, right? Sharing our stories. We have to make the average common everyday Black person's story mainstream. Like if you look at some of the stories that are highlighted right now or in history, historically, it's always a narrative that's tired and played out. It's always like, oh, I started from the bottom. I had to hustle and grind. I came out the hood. It's that story. We didn't all come from the hood. You know, we came from all types of backgrounds. We have, like you said, we have all types of different lived experiences. So I know for me personally, with my platform, I'm trying to highlight all of those stories, not just like, oh, the rapper who made it or the rapper turned producer who made it, um, but also the nerdy kid who used to draw anime, who's now an animator of Pixar. You know, those stories also have to be told and made mainstream because we have to get out of this box that black people are a monolith and we have we can't keep picking and choosing when we want to identify with that. You know, most of the time we say, oh, we're not a monolith. But then we turn around and say things like black people don't do X. Right. And then when we do that, we further contribute to this story that we all think the same. We have the same experiences and those same tired tropes played out stereotypes that have historically been haunting us since forever, as long as we've been here, continue to play out. So I think we have to keep telling these unique stories and get out of that mindset, Let help other people get out of that mindset that we are not individuals because we are. And, and we have such a rich history, so many rich experiences, all the nuances in our culture. You know, just Black is so much, you know, not just African-Americans outside of that. And I feel like the more that we highlight those voices and get those stories out there, that slowly starts to change over time. I love it. I, I want to double back. So I work in tech too, right? Like obviously I'm trying to do this so I can get out of tech, but I work in tech. Got my MBA in finance, but I'm in tech, whatever. Don't ask, long story. So um, there is still this ceiling, right? Like whatever that is, right? Is it worth staying in to break through or create a completely new building, you know, and I think that's something that I've been trying to answer, you know, answer for myself. Is it worth, you know, I'm going to just, you know, be the ultimate team player. I'm going to do everything, you know, I mean, we're all doing zoom meetings now, but you know, I'm going to do the virtual game night or should we focus more on creating our own thing? I think for me, I think it depends on you as an individual. I think sometimes we get so caught, especially in this wave now, everybody has to be an entrepreneur. Everybody needs their own business. Everyone wants to own everything. I'm all for ownership, but you may not be called to own your own business if you don't have that skill set, if you don't have that mentality. Everyone cannot be an entrepreneur. Some people are going to want to work a job and work in corporate and pave that way. So I think it's okay for people to take the path that best meets their needs. I'm in corporate right now. I don't plan on staying in corporate forever. I have a 10-year plan. You know, but some people may want to stay there and continue to pave that way. And we need those connections. We need to have allies in positions of power. And we need ourselves to be in positions of power and be the CEOs of these big companies as well. So I think it's going to take balance. I, I think we can't always shift and say, like, we should all go this way and do this one thing. We should all do this way. We're going to have to spread out and strategize across things if we really want to make change. Awesome. That's amazing. Levon. 
Uh, as the resident attorney here, right? Um, anything can say will be used against you, right? So like, I, I don't have any type of legal expertise other than watching like suits, right? So um, talk to us about that playing field. That's a completely different niche. I mean, you deal with, um, you know, dockets, um, but is it is it is it easier because you know, like you said, you 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 uh, benefited. You have the, the the specialized niche of actually being in an all uh, uh, woman firm, right? So it's like that's like I don't like that doesn't uh, you know like I don't have an all man. I guess if you kind of think of it like that, but it wouldn't be labeled as that, right? Yeah. But like talk to us about that, like in the the legal realm. What are some of those kind of parameters that you have to navigate through? And then second, your second question. How do you, being the leader that you are, being the talents that you bring to the table, how are you trying to make it easier for that next uh, LeVon coming behind you, that next generation? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, yeah, it is very different because um, the creator's law firm is owned by a black woman, our lead attorney. Um, she's the CEO and the founder. And um, everyone who works in the firm is a woman, mostly minorities. Um, and yeah, it is different. And it's amazing. And I feel blessed every day that I don't have to worry about that misogyny and like have to worry about that kind of resistance that most people do um, come across in the legal industry. And, you know, it's like, you know, the legal industry is very traditional. It's very hard to change. Um, and it's very hard to navigate, especially as a minority woman. But um, in our law firm, we're not we're we're completely different from other law firms because we want to primarily cater to other minorities and cater to other women. Um, what we usually try to do, not only give them the legal representation that they deserve, but also we try to educate because once you're educated, you get to um, get that kind of empowerment to forge your own path and to establish um you know, a firm foundation for your business or or establish that legacy that you want to build in the future for your family. So um, we really try to prioritize education. So we're just not the type of law firm that you come to us, you get your trademark done, and then that's it. We actually try to educate you on how to use um, your intellectual property, how to use your business contracts, how you can empower yourselves for other business transactions in the future. So um, yeah, we're very different when it comes to that. And I think that is a way how we can change the system is through education. And I like how everybody else was discussing and talking about diversity and talking about different cultures. Because as for me, I'm originally from Bermuda. I didn't move to America until my last year of high school. So it was very different for me. It was, it was a hard transition. It was very different. And um, even to this day, I look at America with a different perspective. I really have a global mindset. And even though I'm so happy with, um, you know, uh, Harris being in and more women are showing up in politics, I still have in my mind that we have like a long way to go. And I think in terms of education, 
And like um, Jas was saying, sharing people's stories and getting to know other people's cultures. For me, that was um, traveling. Traveling is a huge passion of mine, too bad for coronavirus. But um, I feel like traveling and actually educating yourself about other diverse, diverse um, people and from different cultures, different backgrounds, really helps you develop a different mindset where you are able to um, make different changes. And I think change starts within first, and then you can go out and then start, forge your own path and have other people follow. Awesome. Follow-up question, and then I'm going to turn it off. I'm sorry with you, but this is for LaVon. So like I said, that that next generation, you get an intern, interns at your firm, she's in law school, she looks up to you, and she asks you the simple question, what should I look out for, right? Like, <laughs> I, I want to avoid the landmines. What do you tell her? Oh, my goodness. Like, I wouldn't even know how to answer that because my um, trajectory was completely different because um, I'm the first lawyer in my household. I am the first one to have a master's degree and then a Juris doctorate. And I'm the first one, you know, in intellectual property. My family didn't even know what intellectual property was, you know? So um, after I finished law school, it was hard to get a job first and foremost, because most people in law school, they already have um, either networking in place prior to starting law school, or they come from a family full of attorneys. I didn't have no networking. I didn't know any other lawyers, and I didn't have no families who were PhDs and lawyers and stuff like that. So I really had to you know, find my own path. And first, first of all, I started freelancing on my own, getting my own clients like that. Um, once I became a little well known, I was able to get a job in immigration law. And even though I did not like immigration law, I still put in a year. And then that's when I was able to find my way to the creators law firm. And a lot I see a lot in the um, legal industry, because I think um, there's a lot of minorities who hit lots of obstacles and barriers in the legal industry. Most of them end up starting their own law firms or most of them end up starting their own businesses because it's really the path of least resistance. And it's a, such a shame, but I don't want that to deter anybody from from going to law school or becoming an attorney because we still need more um, Black attorneys. And we still need to see um, people who look like us in the legal industry because we're still underrepresented, especially in the legal industry. So I would tell the intern, I don't know what minds to look for, but when it, when they come, just try to dodge them as best as you can and keep forging ahead and try to find your own path. Do not think that just because everybody becomes a lawyer a certain type of way, there's no other way. There, you always have to find your own path. Awesome. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. Uh, Anemika, LaVon mentioned something. She said misogyny, right? Um, when we look at it on the linear or on the, the base level, we think of uh, toxic masculinity, right? We think of discrimination, but I think it has to be flushed out. You know, it's kind of like when we mentioned white privilege, like what are we specifically saying, right? So for you, I'm, I'm a man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, you know, I, 
I, I was raised to respect them, to love them, treat everybody different, uh, to treat everybody equally, to just be compassionate and never to uh, try to absurd authority above anybody. Right. And that's that's my mom. That's that's Sharon Kelly. Hopefully she's watching. If so, holla at your boy. But, you know, that's how I was raised. My mom put that in me. So when I hear it, I know what you're talking about because I saw her go through it. But talk to us about that. Right. Like that misogyny what is that feeling that 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 real element that elephant that's in the room because maybe some people don't believe it exists maybe it's like well maybe in the 50s but talk to us about that oh no it it definitely exists and it's very subtle it's not something that is out in the open like on your face and the last time i was here on your podcast i was sharing how we were going to start a company and we were going to make mumbai the headquarters and i was working so that was actually with my uh, I had the privilege, unfortunately, that was with my ex-boyfriend. So he was the one who started a company in India. He's from the UK, but not this ex, but one of the, not the most recent one, but one of the exes. And he was the one I was working with. And, you know, it's, I don't know how to, you know, pardon my French, it is a pain in the butt. I mean, literally, because, you know, you would see all your decisions that that are just like your opinions don't matter. We are working together. But in, in his if I'm in his team, I have to have this like, OK, he's going to give me this kind of direction and I have to follow that. And it's already it's there. It's like so much. It's, I can't make anything on my own. I can't make a decision on my own. I have to keep this in the back of my head that, oh, he's going to probably want to make some changes. So I realized that, I, you know, working for him was obviously the worst experience of my life because it was me on the front, like, oh, she's the one, she's running everything. She's the one who makes the decisions. But to be very honest, it's actually him because I have to consult with him for everything. So the misogyny is not that you know, it's very subtle. It's not like out on your face that, you know, I am controlling you in a way, but it's like, I'm there. You know, I put you here. Don't, don't you ever forget that, you know, you're here because of me or whatever I'm doing. So that's always kind of there. So I, I couldn't take it anymore. Of course. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very much, it still exists and it's, it's very much there. I had a very firsthand experience with it. Um, but I think it's worse for people who are maybe in corporates or anything. I don't have any experience with that, but that was my personal experience with misogyny. It's not that he doesn't believe in me or he doesn't think that, oh, you're not capable enough to make your own decisions. But it's just that, you know, you need to come to me. I'm here to help. I can help. I'm here to help. You know, that that kind of, you know, I can help you. And I can make it better if I'm there. So, you know, that is one thing that I, I faced. And yeah, yeah, that, that's my experience. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That, that was really eye-opening. Uh, I want to expound upon that, and I'm going to toss it to you, Danny. And then Jazz and Shinji, I have a, 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 a completely different question, but it's going to just add. It'll make sense. Um, Danny, uh, I think what Anemika talked about and really emphasized was overreach, like just overreaching, Right. Um, those boundaries, um, maybe they're just not understood, right? And I think, and I would hope, right? And I'm not, I'm just playing devil's advocate that it's not because he thinks little women or men think little women that it's just a simple overreach, even though I know that's probably not the case, right? Talk to us, how 
should men interact with women in leadership or in just working, right? Like, how do you not overreach? Because obviously there's a parent stuff, right? There's the HR videos you see and, you know, everybody's like, don't do this, can't say this. But then there's subtle things that maybe they're just not aware of. What is that like? Well, we get tons of training, right? Especially if you worked in corporate America, which I did for over 12 years. And while I was there, I forgot, I didn't tell you guys my background. So let me, let me rewind. So sorry. So <laughs> I have a lot of degrees. <laughs> I, did, I did everything I was told to do growing up, like first degree, undergrad physics, minor in math, second degree is a master in aeronautical science, concentration in space studies. Third degree is an MBA with a concentration in global management, period. You know, and then I was working as a geophysicist for over a decade, elevated to a senior geophysicist within my last year of running in. So what made me honestly leave corporate America was a combination of everything we're talking about today. So I don't even know where to start. So let me just try to organize my thoughts. The whole reason why I wrote Female Minority Report is because I needed to let the world know that misogynistic people are still out there in corporate America. They're running corporate America, certain industries, especially, I won't name a specific one, but people who know me and people who understand what my title is, they already know what it is. So um, I would say that I've witnessed that on both ends of the spectrum, more subtle in some cases and other cases, very extreme. I mean, um, it's gotten to the point where I was on a meeting call with someone and they literally started screaming at me like I was their child. And so what I think about that now, looking back on those moments, um, I think that when women are assertive, then we're called uncouth. We're difficult. We're uneasy to work with. And I think in order to answer your question accurately, I would say in order to eliminate this feeling of misogyny, men need to interact with women the way they interact with men at work. Plain and simple. And what I mean by that is if you approach me as a woman and say, you know what, I've already taken care of everything. You don't have to do that. Just look over these files. What you've done is you've minimalized my position, you minimalize my character, and you minimalize my, my ability to show you what my true potential is. Whether or not I need to show you or not, I still have a contribution that I have to make towards this company. And it has nothing to do with you as a person. It has something to do with my team and it has something to do with this corporation. And I think some people get lost in their title. They get they get lost in who they are as individuals. And I think that if we start looking at each other seriously as equal, not just going through diversity training or HR training or whatever training you have for your company, I think then we will be able to treat each other fairly. And I also think that there's other things that come into play, like maybe the guy that you're dealing with is a father. And he, all he knows is just kind of implementing a certain uh, aura about him where he's instructing you or he's making sure that you don't make a mistake. That's not intentional. That's just that person's nature. And you just happen to be a woman and he happens to be a man. And the roles can always reverse. Sometimes you have female leaders who are extreme nurturers and they just have it in them to make sure that the job is well done. And if they don't see you doing it to their expectations, Sometimes they overstep. And I think that's a very common human trait. But I think as professionals, we have to be aware of these things. We have to be aware of ourselves. Self-actualization will help us to remedy this issue because this is something that most definitely is probably happening right now during the pandemic at, at seven o'clock my time, you know, Central Standard Time. It's just insane. I'm telling you, like, if I could really, 
I would just advise you guys to go get that book because I have some real life situations in that book where it will blow your mind some of the things I've had to encounter. And I don't think it's fair, but I also understand that some people don't know what they don't know. Get the book. Is there, is there just a follow up? Is there, um, and then Jasmine, I'm turning to you. Is there, um, is there a fear of maybe why this stuff isn't uh, reported heavily of the Janet Huber effect, right? That you become labeled as difficult to work with, right? Like over the holiday, I saw the, the Fresh Prince reunion thing and the word difficult was attached to Janet. And then she didn't work in Hollywood for over 20 years. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like, is that, is that why? So is it like, you know, Danny, like, is that why? Because you don't want to be labeled a certain way? Um, no, I mean, I don't think I really fully under, were you talking to me or Jazz? I'm so sorry. Well, I'm talking to uh, Danny and then I'm going to evolve the question, Jazz. I'm talking to you. So like, is that why, like, sometimes when these, this overreach, this kind of like not seeing uh, one, one or, or, or implementing their kind of philosophy onto you and, and kind of belittling, belittling your work. Uh, is it the Janet Huber effect, right? Is it like, I have to go with and basically go with the flow because I don't want to be labeled as being difficult. I think a lot of people do do that. I personally never did. <laughs> so I was labeled difficult at times uh, because I mean, I knew my job just like everyone else. And I just didn't feel that it was right. Honestly, it wasn't right. I never reported any of this. You know, I think only one extreme circumstance I had to where I actually got into an interaction with the vice president. So it had gotten that bad where I was the only person representing a woman of color. So you got to think about that, too. And also, as I elevated my in my role, that also played a huge factor where I had people that I'm over in a team asking me, why am I here? So while some people do have to conform because they don't want to lose their job, I was always the type of person who didn't mind losing it. If that meant that I kept my self-respect and preservation, then I would just hit the door, you know, because I had way too much education behind me. I have other talents. I have other skills. I would just say my best advice to people who are dealing with that is never box yourself in and don't ever allow any corporation or individual to box you in. If your family means more to you than working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, sometimes 80 in some people's cases, you have to just have a plan. I like what Jazz said earlier. She has a 10 year plan. I highly recommend that. I highly recommend financial literacy to any man or woman who feels caged into their nine to five corporate job. Awesome. Jazz, I'm going to turn this to you. What is uh, women empowerment? What is it, right? Like you, or if we could define it, and that's going to be obviously hard to do. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in the, the tech space. You own, uh, you know, your craft, you own your, your skill set. Yet, you know, we're seeing the evolution, right? Like um, for me, you know, I've, I'm never, I, I think we kind of get placed into traditional norms, right? So like, I, you know, I, I like weightlifting because that's what my dad taught me. That's kind of how we connected. I just like doing that, right? Uh, but women empowerment is becoming more of this, this growing force. So how should women empower themselves, right? And you could take it anywhere, but like, uh, and just to answer my audience questions, uh, audience members question, he said, man, what are y'all talking about? We're talking about obviously women in leadership, just to answer it. So what, what is women empowerment? How do you grab hold to it? And how do you not only embrace it, but manifest it? I think it really starts with, like you just said, going back to what you were taught and realizing 
what I was taught may not necessarily be so. You know, that feeling empowered to challenge those norms and then challenge people who challenge you for challenging those norms and knowing when to remove yourself from situations where you feel like you're not being respected and valued as a woman. So ironically, you mentioned weightlifting and I, you know, on the side used to be an amateur bodybuilder and do weightlifting. And that's a place where women empowerment is constantly being challenged to the point I can't go pick up a weight at the gym without the guy next to me trying to get the next higher weight. And now I got to go get the next higher weight because I got a little ego, you know? And so like, it, it, it's that. So I think it's any area in which you as a woman feel like you need to reclaim something that has been, for some reason, either not given to you, um, not allowed for you to have, or you've had to, your voice has been muted. You know, I, being a, a Black woman in tech, having a very similar experience to Danny. My entire career up until my most recent position, I was always on a team of all white males. So you cannot imagine the amount of times it's like in meetings, I'm not expected to talk. When I do talk, my opinion is kind of, you know, whatever. She said whatever. And having to go through that process and and being a, being in a position where at one point I was let go because I, I did speak up and I did have an opinion and I was labeled difficult and I and I didn't give a damn. <laughs> Excuse no. my language. But, you know, so I was just like, I, and I had to keep moving until I found a, a position um, where I felt like I could be myself. And now I roll into a woman in leadership and women, rolling to me as well. So, but it's being in those positions where now I'm in a position of power where I can bring other women up and I can uplift other women and teach them how to navigate corporate and teach them all of the, this game that is somehow given to some guys um, when they come out the door, you know, just how you were, how you were brought up just starting from how, when we were children, right? Guys, um, y'all are gifted action figures and all of these toys and things that make you think about careers. Girls are gifted dolls child care, nurturing, all of that stuff, you know, and that's starting to change. We're seeing more gender neutral toys. I have daughters. I've never gifted my daughter's dolls like that um, because I want them just like boys. You're teaching boys to be career oriented and focused and social. My girls, they should not be coming up thinking their whole purpose is to get married and have kids. We ain't having none of that. So, you know, I feel like it's really about knowing this is what I'm going to do. I'm regardless of all of these factors that are being put against me, you know, and it doesn't matter if I'm a woman or not. And I'm going to demand that you respect me in my space. And I insist on my right to be multiple. And if you don't respect that, I can remove myself from the space and your presence and your company. It's just that simple. I like it. It's just that simple. She said what she said, right? It's like, and I'm on steroids. No. Yo, so Shinji, so 2021 um, is here. Right. Um, you know, everybody has, you know, 2021 always follows the same mode. You know, people post the goals or they try to take it another level and say, like, instead of doing this, we should say, you know, it's, it's always kind of lofty thoughts. You know, even in church, I love church. I'm a goer, preacher myself, you know, but it's always like a theme to the year. Right. And which is hard. Like, how do you put a year to a theme? But I, I get it. Um what should the message for 2021 be like, right? Like what, uh, as far as women in leadership, like how should women in this year, right? And going forward, what should they do? What's the strategy for 2021 and beyond? 
Totally, totally, Cody. And I love what all of you said so far, because it's exactly what I teach and preach to my audience, um, which is that they should be go-getters, you know, and echoing off of what Jazz said, you know, you need to create your own opportunity. I mean, how long are you going to wait for things to change, for, you know, things to be different? Because the fact of the matter is men have a hard time looking outside of themselves in general. And then when you add, you know, especially men from a certain ethnicity who have never interacted with other people from a different ethnicity or socioeconomic background, they really can't they can't empathize that that's a real problem you know and so there's just you're you're it's like a lock and you're locked you just can't break through and so what i'm teaching and preaching to my audience every day is you got to be a go-getter you know 2021 is the year for you to be a go-getter and you see that in that we're facing an entrepreneurial renaissance now so many entrepreneurs uh, have been born from this pandemic because they've been fired you know because they are black they are brown they are indigenous and and there's nowhere for them to go right now right and so they're fa- they're forming their own businesses they're becoming their own bosses and that's everything that i teach and and preach um being your own boss in your own way you know which is why i'm actually a big fan of intrapreneurship as well right which is sort of innovating in your own company in your own role and i think for women in leadership something that has just changed my life is really leading from a female perspective you know um so i started georgia tech industrial engineering digital marketing you know technology consulting media i mean it's all men i mean it's all men the only people are women it's like anchors because no one wants to look at men right i mean that's the only thing but in terms of like content production it's all male for the most part and so this idea that you know me as a woman i can bring people together i can have consensus i can you know, I can inspire a man to take action, you know, and so I think leading from that perspective, for me has been a game changer. Because when you're in the business of, you know, sales or driving sales for whatever you sell, and for whatever reason, my audience is heavily male, you know, which is interesting, because I preach women's empowerment all day long in social media. But, you know, it's a lot of guys um, all across my social media following half a million plus followers across all platforms, etc. And it's mostly guys because I'm a go getter. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. Um, But it's one of those things where we have to lead uh, from that female perspective, you know, because what I was noticing is, as I was sort of feeling very aggressive, I was going up against him. You know, so I was like, you guys, you got to be a go-getter. And then he's fighting and then I'm right. And I'm like, what is going on here? And so I started saying, you know what? A go-getter is loving and kind and thoughtful. And the guys are just melting online because that's not the kind of messaging they get. And as a result, they are gravitating and they love it more. And so I think for women in leadership, we have to lead from that empowering female perspective because I see too many women always fighting with men to be men, you know, that, oh, well, I can do this, well, I can do this better. And I can, and I'm like, that's not like, you're literally just fighting all day long, you know, and then you feel spent and then you go home and you're tired, you're angry, you're bitter, and it's all just kind of a mess. Right. And so I think the biggest advice is be a go-getter, create your own opportunities, make that first move to go get your goals. And then also lead from that empowering female feminine perspective. You know, I'm, I'm a lot happier today as a result of that transformation because I was feeling very aggressive and probably maybe even just, just irritated, aggravated, you know, when I was trying to kind of, you know, like, well, you're masculine, well, I'm masculine too. And I was just, it was just too much, you know? And so now I, I'm a lot more nurturing. I'm a lot happier, you know, and, and my sales are, you know, bigger than ever. And it's just, it works a lot better, you know? So don't give up who you are. Hmm. I like that. Don't give up who you are. Yeah. Then we're going to turn it to you. This last question for everybody. I'll try to frame it differently. Um, but, you know, 2021, we're here dead set of January, right? 
um, you know, being who you are, um, we're still dealing with the global pandemic, right? We're still uh, in the U.S. We could talk about we still don't know who won Georgia, right? We still got to wait till Tuesday to find out, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, hopefully our uh, election results that was verified two months ago can happen on the 20th and we don't have any interruptions. Uh, so it's just a confusing time. Um, you have the floor. What would you like to tell the audience in a minute? If you could give them any words of encouragement or advice uh, for 2021, what what would those words be? And then you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, who's, who's starting? Who's, who's going to start? Yeah, I'm just going to be, um, there's just one thing. Just be you. You are who you want to be. You're not the version everyone wants you to be. If Do whatever makes you happy. If this is something, if you want to work in corporate, if you're happy with a nine to five job, you don't have to change that and be someone that, you know, everyone is like, okay, pushing you to be. You don't have to do that. That makes you happy. If that's what you want to do in life, do that. If you want to be happy being a PhD student, it's not easy. But if that's what makes you happy, do that. If you want to get married and have kids, if that's what makes you happy, do that. I think your happiness is your happiness. It's not who everyone is telling you to be. Your empowerment is your choices. And if you're able to make those choices independently and you don't have to be like, okay, constantly worried about, okay, I'm doing this wrong by, you know, I shouldn't do this or maybe I should do that. Don't be pressurized by others or what others are doing. Um, I just want you to feel empowered in your own decisions and your own choices. And that's what, that's the message. Whatever makes you happy, just you do you, boo boo. Just be happy. You do you, boo boo. I love it. I love it. Danny, 2021, get a call. Leader Abrams out in Georgia. Hey, look, short notice. Need you to be down here in Atlanta. I need you to speak for John Ossoff or not. We're, we're trailing behind, right? Uh, what's your message? What what do you tell? You have a lot of people who, you know, say, okay, fine, I get it, you know, be happy, whatever, but, you know, have lost hope, right, for lack of a better word. What do you tell uh, those individuals? KP, keep pushing. Because one thing's for sure, <laughs> something that will never stop is time. So we're going to be faced with many, many more challenges. This is just one global, you know, shock which was needed because had we not had that shock, we wouldn't be addressing issues like this today. Maybe we would, but more than likely we wouldn't. So my thing is I would just tell everyone to just simply keep pushing, strategize, research, research, research. If it's something in your heart that you know you're talented at, or on the other spectrum, you don't even know who you are yet because you work so many hours every week, every month, every year that you haven't even defined who you are. Find yourself. Find yourself, spend some time and look for who you are. What are the things that you like? What are you great at? What can you, how can you take that talent and turn it into something that's going to generate revenue? You know, uh, what, who, what people and master classes and uh, friends that you know that you can network with to figure out how to put, clump your resources together. You know, women are resourceful. So men, if you, if you need advice, come holler at us. I mean, look at these women. Everybody's super dynamic. Men are awesome too. But what I'm saying is we have to learn how to bounce off of each other. And I want to say thank you, Cody, by the way, 
for allowing this me the opportunity to come on today. But I'll get back to the, the point. It's just KP, keep pushing. There's nothing else that we can do. You know, a lot of us have lost close family members. I know I did in 2020 as a result of COVID-19. Yeah. Um, not being able to see her in the hospital, that tore me up, literally. So, and you think about it, if you're working in a corporate job, which I'm not, I, I don't think I would have been able to function, to be quite honest, because the industry that I was in, I was on a, under harsh deadlines and it was constant stress. You know, you had to just keep going. But through it all, I kept pushing. You know what I mean? And even after corporate America, I continue to keep pushing. And I found some very creative ways to surface my talents for the world to see. I don't even think I mentioned to you guys, in addition to the book, I created a short film called Nella. You know, and I never I never thought I could write a screenplay, produce and direct a movie. So, I mean, you just don't know what you're capable of until you take that time out with yourself and utilize your talents, turn it into a stream of revenue. And I promise you, you won't regret it. I like it. Keep pushing it. Sorry uh, to hear about your loss. And no, thank you. you you've been amazing. Uh, Levon, you know, you're before the U.S. Bar Association. Uh, you know, you get to speak uh, to all the high powered attorneys uh, and the room is filled with just, you know, you know, premium coffee drinkers. Right. I mean, Starbucks galore. <laughs> what what do you what do you say like what what's that message that you would like to get across well um i would rather speak to the other people instead of just to lawyers <laughs> but um i'm going to piggyback on what um danny said 2020 has taught us that tomorrow is not promised so one advice i would give anybody is don't wait Whatever you have burning in your heart that you feel like you want to pursue, pursue it. Don't wait. Don't second guess it. Tomorrow is not promised. You don't know what could happen. Like Danny was saying, it's this is not over. So you might as well go ahead and pursue what you always wanted to pursue and finally find what sets your soul on fire. Finally find what your purpose is in this life, the time that you have. And um, personally for me, one way that you can do that is really focus on who you are, start loving yourself, figure out what your talents are, um, start researching um, on how to monetize that, of course. And from an um, attorney standpoint, yes, I feel like most women should... Um, look into entrepreneurship, not only because um, it's booming right now, but it establishes legacy and it gives you empowerment and power for financial freedom. Now is the time to take advantage of all that, all this time that we have. A lot of people has a lot of time right now. A lot of people are utilizing their resources, which which could only just be a phone or a laptop. We have what we need at our disposal right now. So we might as well utilize it in the best way. Awesome. That's amazing. And Jazz, last but not least, and then we'll go around the room. You'll get your sign off where the people can connect with you. But Jazz, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Olympia just ended. It, it ended. Can I speak today? It just ended, right? Um, you know, so we don't have that anymore to look forward to. But you know, look, you you're you're before this mass of individuals. You have the floor, and you know, 
you have to say something to kind of capture the moment and you want them to go home with something, something that they can not only uh, plan for, but that will really manifest in their life. Right. 2021. What's that message? I would definitely say um, find balance and find peace in something. I feel like we we get sometimes caught in business and leadership and entrepreneurship and this and this and that, and we just keep going and going and we don't stop. And 2020 made us stop. We just had to stop. So in some kind of way, you had to stop. And I know for me personally, I spent a lot of time doing things I have been putting off, you know, finding things that give me pleasure and delight. I really appreciate bubble baths a lot more than I thought, you know, like those types of things that just make you stop and pause and, and kind of just to reiterate what everyone else was saying, you know, spending some time, whatever you need to do for you mentally to develop and grow. So if you need to journal, if you need to meditate, if you need to garden, if you need to work out all of these things. And I feel like once you feel balanced and centered, you'll start to find things that you find joy in. And then if you decide, okay, I want to monetize that passive income. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to have passive income. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to be an owner. There are several things that you can own. There's real estate, there's digital real estate. There are a million things that you can have your hands in to diversify your portfolio. So, you know, once you find things that you truly love, you may not know today, like, I really like coloring notebook covers. I don't know if that's going to be a multi-million dollar business today, but it gives me pleasure and it gives me joy. And I find happiness in that. And I feel at peace when I'm doing that. Then maybe in a few years, you figure out, hey, I can sell these on Amazon for $10. If I sell a thousand of these and then you go from there, next thing you know, you're leaving your full time to go color journals. Okay. You know, but you got to start somewhere. So find what gives you joy and peace and where, where you find balance. Like take this time while the world is, even though it's chaotic and there's been a lot of, you know, very tragic things that have happened, it is slower and take advantage of it and really spend some time diving into yourself and you never know what that can turn into. Awesome. Take advantage of it. Look, I appreciate my guests so much. I'm allowed them to tell you where they can connect with you. And if they stay on after that, because I want to tell them personally, thank you. And then also next week's episode, yo, is for the culture. I think we're going through either hottest new albums. I don't know if we're dealing with next time. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll figure it out. I still got to flush it through. But yo, that's next week, Monday, 630 is always on Mondays, PM Central Standard Time. Shinji, where can they connect with you? So I'm at Speaker Shinjini across all social media platforms as S-P-E-A-K-E-R-S-H-I-N-J-I-N-I. And I am motivating you all day, every day to be a go-getter, you know, and I just love each of you, especially Danny, all of you, Anamika, Danny, Lavon, and Jazz, how much you emphasize not just monetization, because that sounds like, you know, we're chasing money, but this idea that you do what you want to do and you make money from it and you're happy and fulfilled. And it's just everything that I teach my audience, you know, uh, because uh, we're all coming from even even the highest levels of corporate success. And I have to you know, recognize this every day. I don't own that. You know, and I think that's a very humbling realization that you could be the biggest of the biggest, but you don't own anything, you know. And so with entrepreneurship or even like Jazz, you said, part ownership of whatever you do, you own that, you know. And so I think that's just my you know, hustle for my audience is be a go getter, own whatever it is that you do and, and, and make the first move. Please <laughs> don't sit there. Uh, don't wait for it to happen. Go make it happen. So I'm at Speaker Shinjini across all social media platforms. Uh, find me, connect with me. I will definitely connect with all of you. And thank you, Cody. Um, it takes it takes a strong man to be with five women today. 
<laughs> I, I try. I try. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. I, I can tell. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope. I'm going to hit her up after. I'll be like, did you watch? She's like, no, nah, I didn't watch. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Jazz, where can I connect with you? <laughs> Yeah, so you can find me at Black Executive. Wait, this way. There you go. Uh, BlackExecutive.com, um, Black Executive on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're on Clubhouse, I'm on there. Just the creative. Um, so Black Executive, I share inspirational stories and actual advice of Black Creative Pros. So we literally have everybody on there from former executives of Def Jam all the way to like designers. Like, so it's all over the place. Um, you're bound to find a story that you connect with. And not only do they tell their stories, they provide actual advice. I also have some episodes where I talk about my personal story and some of my freelance pitfalls. I know a lot of you women on here are talking about entrepreneurship. So I'm sure we have a lot of stories in common about failures and lessons learned. So you'll get a lot of that on Black Executive as well. Um, so you can find me on all those platforms. And like I said, I'm on Clubhouse all day, every day now that it's like in my ear as I'm working at Jazz the Creative. Awesome, Jazz Creative. Connect with Jazz. LaVon, where can I connect with you? Yeah, so if you are looking for an attorney and you're looking for culturally relevant representation, you can find us at creatorslawfirm.com. And I'm mostly on Instagram. So if you just um, put in LaVon Jones, I'll pop up. Cool. I probably need to connect. I need to get, I'm working, trying to monetize my podcast. Anyway, that's <laughs> Daddy, where can I connect with you? Oh, I was dropping low-key gems the whole show. Anyway, you can go to www.femaleminorityreport.com. You can find out where to get the book. Also, you can go to sisterstalk.org to check out the Sisters Talk podcast and also Sisters Talk LLC. And you can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com backslash sisters underscore talk because everybody took the name already. I don't know what they're doing. Where's all the Sisters Talks at? But anyways, also find me on youtube.com backslash Sisters Talk Podcast, all one word. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. One day I'm gonna be a guest on the podcast. I like to throw that Absolutely. out there. People don't ask. I'd be like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, guest. <laughs> where can they connect with you? Yeah, you can connect with me. Anamikadatta.com is just my name, and .com. And I am on Instagram. It's just my name, Anamikadatta. And I have a spoken word poetry podcast. If you want to listen to some poetry, it's spoken word by Anamika. It's on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And the Podcast is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. Perfect. Look, guys, connect with them. They're amazing. They're amazing gifts to humanity, amazing leaders. And when they become rich and they get that Jeff Bezos money, they're not going to connect with you. So this is the time to do it or else you're going to be on a long waiting list. But I appreciate my guests. Until next time. Thanks. <laughs>